This time on the Rule Right Radio podcast with New York Mike. So we got to make a stand. It's up to us to bring back Christmas. What better place to make a stand than Christmas? This year, next year, the year after, and the year after that, and forever. Let's make sure that we fortify the Christmas season and the day that Jesus was born. Yeah, Jesus, Mary, Joseph, they're all Jewish. That's what they were. That's a fact, okay? And so I don't care if you're not Christian. I don't care who you are. This is a Christian nation. Yeah, it still is. Yeah, you you know what? All these people coming into this country from other places, they're mostly Christian because Christianity is under attack worldwide. And so people are coming here from all over the world. And all these Latino people, they're such great believers. They're family people. They're wonderful people. And so let's make sure that the country that they believe in so much that they're willing to risk everything they have, and they are. And they shouldn't be coming here illegally, and I'll stand against that till my dying breath, because it's wrong. But when they do come here legally, I want them to be here with a green card, a work permit, something. And then if they're here and they work towards citizenship, I want them to be in the country that they believed in, in the country that my grandparents believed in when they came here, in a country that's free to celebrate Christmas. He wears black denim trousers and motorcycle boots and a black leather jacket with his name on the back. He does a patriotic podcast called Roll Right Radio. His name is New York Mike, and welcome to the show. This is Roll Right Radio. I'm New York Mike. Hi, I'm New York Mike, and this is Roll Right Radio. Today is December 20th, 2021. Tomorrow is the first day of winter. Yep, December 21st, first day of winter. First place, Merry Christmas. Okay, it's it's winter. Yeah, it, it is. It's winter. Tomorrow is the first day. And then just a few days later, it's it's Christmas. And it's getting cold around the temperate zone. That's right. Those places that experience four seasons of distinct weather changes and where civilization has surged. Civilization has grown in the temperate zone where you got, you know, summer, fall, winter, spring. You got the four seasons. You go through the heat of summer, fall is coming, and it's time to prepare for the winter. And then the winter is coming and you go into spring and prepare for the summer. This is where nature has guided mankind and civilization has surged in those temperate zones and led humanity. We welcome spring in April with Easter, preceded by 40 days of Lent, if you're Catholic, and, and a celebration going into that commitment, like Mardi Gras. So over the centuries, different natures, cultures, religions have established a circle of life, a cycle of life, practices from birth to death, rules for living, an operating manual for life. 
that gets people through the cycle daily, weekly, seasonally, and annually. Going through all these, coordinating with nature and with God, if you will, so that we can get through everything, both by dealing with nature and by developing our humanity, civilization, growing. And we look back, we can see how these rituals were similar in many ways and how the dates of holidays were connected. Hey, I'm not trying to give a class here on religion or anything else. I'm really connecting the dots in case anyone thinks anything in life's big picture is random, serendipitous, or coincidental. Nope. There is no such thing as coincidence. I think most of us agree with that. Everything happens for a reason. And there's a reason for everything. Otherwise, there'd be total chaos. It is not that total chaos. And that's because there's order. A natural order, sometimes referred to as the food chain. Somehow, we created an order amongst us so that we can overcome whatever's frightening to us, whatever's dangerous to us in that food chain, right? And, and man's order to overcome this food chain, this random nature's chain of command, so to speak, is our chain of command. It's the chain of command that goes from organizational charts, CEOs, presidents, to villages, cities, states, mayors, in the military, you got stripes and bars and stars, and you've got that whole chain of command. And what's all this got to do with Christmas? Well, I think it has a lot to do with Christmas, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. It's really important. Every town, city, and village has control over these things, i.e., it's all political. Will the political overcome the spiritual? Or will the spiritual, the belief in God, continue to dominate or at least influence our spiritual beliefs really have a strong influence in our daily lives? Why is this important now? Because it's Christmas. Because there's a war on Christmas, a war on religion, and it's been going on for a long time. Atheism didn't begin a generation ago. It's been around for a long time. They've been saying, keep Christ in Christmas since I can remember as a little kid. I didn't define it that there's a war on Christmas or on religion. I heard that and, and understood it that there was kind of a warning from those people who were in charge of the church, the synagogue, saying, hey, keep Christ in Christmas. Keep those things that you believe in, those religious symbols. Keep them in, in front. Don't make it all just about presents and gifts, although they're important. But remember what it's about. Remember what this is about. And it's a warning to Jews, to Muslims, to everyone in America. Don't let the, what you call it, the culture out there dominate our religious beliefs. It's about God. And, and it's important. And... I didn't define it as a war until Bill O'Reilly pointed it out, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. So I think back to when I first saw things that were indications 
that he was talking about. It wasn't just he was all about, hey, when they say season's greetings and happy holidays, that's not what it is. And he was right. It also made me think about the times that I saw towns forcing the churches, and, and these are the most visible things. There's a lot of other things, but forcing them to remove manger scenes in, in the 70s. The battles to keep the cross, Mount Helix in San Diego, Mount Soledad. And while I was involved in that, the cross at Sema Road, when you go up to 15 and you get all the way within, I don't know, 20 miles to Las Vegas on the 15th, in the middle of the desert, you get to Sema Road. I think it's, it may be the last, the next to the last exit before you get to Nevada. And you go out on Sema Road and you go about 10 miles east of 15 in the middle of nothing. There's nothing there. Rocks and desert. And on one of these rocks was a cross, but they fought it. The ACLU, whatever the powers that be on their side, fought to take down this cross in the middle of no place on Sema Road. And they, what they did was they forced them, while it was going through the courts, they forced them to put a box over the cross. So all you saw was the base of the cross and then a, a plank of wood on one side, the front and the back, and you couldn't see the cross while this thing was going through the courts. And by the way, that cross was erected after World War One. This isn't in the middle of a town in the city. There's, I'm telling you, there's no one there, but they will fight with everything they have to take down any vestiges of religion everywhere they go. Oh yeah, it starts with, oh, it's on public property. It starts with this. What's a manger's there for a week, the 10 days, the 12 days of Christmas. I mean, it's not all year round. It's, people usually come, they celebrate, they see it, but nope. These people want it down. I can't say it any differently than Bill O'Reilly defined it. It's a war on Christmas and it's a war on religion. And it's going on. And like everything else, there aren't guns blazing and cannons going off. And uh, Most of the time, it's like a guerrilla war. It's insidious. It's sneaky. It's like, hey, come on, it's on Sema Road. No one's going to come out. No one's going to fight. Well, we did. And we won on Mount Helix, and we won on Mount Soledad. And it wasn't easy, but it was very rewarding because it was important. It was important, and it's always important. And part of this war, and it's important, you understand Getting people to say Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas, that's a win for them. That's a big win for them. Getting people to say Seasons, I know, I, I'm okay. Look, I'm not accusing you of being part of the war, but inadvertently, I'm sorry, you are. You don't mean to be. You're not trying to end Christmas. You're trying to be sensitive to what? I'm a Jew. You're not insulting me by celebrating what's important to you. For crying out loud, we're all Americans here. I want you to be free to celebrate the things that are important to you. So you want me to be free to celebrate the things that are important to me. These are important. This country was founded on that freedom of religion. Come on.
This is not something small. And I'm telling you, look, I, I don't want to make a big issue out of a, someone saying season's greetings. I'm sorry, but it is. It's that subtle guerrilla warfare. I, I don't even like talking about it like this because I don't want to offend anybody out there listening. No, if the culture wants something else for the winter solstice and say, well, we're going to celebrate the winter solstice. We're, we're going to have a national day. Christmas is a national holiday. Christmas. You're denying it and making it into something else when you say happy holidays and season greeting. Sorry, that's what it is. And why is this important now? Well, if not now, when? And if not me, who? This is the time to step up now. And I'll tell you why now. Because I'll tell you why. It's an interesting time. We've just come through, and we're still in the middle of, this big COVID battle. Yeah, COVID. You know, every cloud has a silver lining. And COVID silver lining is the exposure of everything from who was hiding this? Who really was funding the gain-of-function experimenting that was going on in Wuhan? That was us. That was Fauci. Sending them money, saying how important it was. And maybe they were really believing. I'm not calling them criminal for doing it. I'm calling them criminal for not admitting it. I'm calling them criminal for not exposing exactly what happened so we could all see it. Not exposing the fact that it happened in the laboratory in Wuhan. And hopefully, God knows, hopefully. Not on purpose. I don't want to see this as a Chinese effort of germ warfare. I don't want to see that. Nobody does. But if we don't get to see every little facet of what happened, if we can't get it all exposed, you're going to have some of that creeping into the back of, of the minds of the people in this country whose job it is to understand that and to make sure that's not something that's going on. And I don't think it is. But you can't see the good if you don't see the bad. You can't see anything if you're going to keep it under wraps and not expose it, not give us an opportunity to find out, okay, what happened? How did, you know, trying to experiment for the, to find the gain of function, how do these viruses grow and what do they do? We learn from that how to control them, how to take care of them. It made sense. But it looks like something got out of hand in the Wuhan laboratories. Nobody's forthcoming. Led by Fauci, he's the top guy. He's the guy that is supposed to be leading this charge. Of course, as is the president and the secretary of state and everybody else whose you know, job it is to keep us safe. So we've exposed something. We've also exposed the propensity of a government to mandate things that should not be mandated. Again, I know there's a lot of people, well, if you don't mandate, you're not, you're not going to keep it under control. Look, what we did to keep it under control by shutting down businesses, by demanding places closed, nobody could gather, you couldn't do this, you couldn't do that, it just crippled American business. It just clobbered us. 
And there's a lot of people out there suffering, not just financially, emotionally, mentally, people whose lives are turned upside down, people, you know, who for years now, little children that haven't been able to go to school and interact with other people, older kids in high school, kids in college, careers have been ruined, people working hard to get onto a high school football team, baseball team, to, to get there to college, and their dreams are gone. This is hurt in so many ways. This has hurt us. There's so many suicides out there. There's so much desperation out there. By what? Because we didn't know. Remember, the first thing they were going to do was just flatten the curve. That's what it did. And then we prepared with the ventilators and the PPP, the, the protective gear, and we did all this. And, and Trump built the hospitals in Javits Center and the hospital ship that went off the coast of New York. We did all the things to accommodate people. And then, of course, we had Operation Warp Speed that developed a vaccine in amazing record time. It's all great. It's all great. But then we had to realize at some point, and many people did, and many doctors are out there, many scientists are out there talking about the fact that what we did in the beginning did not work and is not going to work, that there's going to become a natural immunity as more people get exposed. There's going to be you know, herd immunity. There's all these things, the benefit of the vaccines. But then the government comes in and starts mandating vaccines. You don't get people to take vaccine by mandating the vaccine. They never, they didn't mandate the salt vaccine. We saw this people and we said, that's important. Let's make sure our children are all vaccinated against polio. All these other things. Now, there was no government mandate. Nobody said you can't go into a restaurant if, if you don't have a vaccine against smallpox. Sure, it was a, a total effort to get everyone vaccinated, and it should be. But that's an opinion. And each of us are entitled to our own opinion and, and to do what's good for our own health. You can't mandate that people with diabetes go to a diabetes clinic or class or whatever. You can't mandate it. You can't mandate that with people with cancer go to an oncologist. The government doesn't mandate. This is America. This is a free country. But now what's been exposed is that, you know what? There's something going on in this culture, something going on that's maybe it's a little more subtle. I fought against helmet laws as long as I can remember. And I've been an activist about that. Not because I hate helmets. When I'm traveling, especially around the country, on roads day after day, I wear a full-face helmet. You know, there's a lot of reasons I wear it. Do I think it makes me safe? Not really. In all honesty, I'm a little afraid of a full-face helmet. I've crashed many times. I've always said to people, I ride a lot. That doesn't make me a good rider. I got my benchmarks. I'm a pretty good rider. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not. I'm not all that good. And I've totaled several bikes. I've totaled them with beanie helmets, with no helmets. Never totaled a bike with a full face because I'm really afraid of breaking my neck. I'm afraid of being paralyzed. Those things bother me. That's, listen, there's a lot going on. I don't want to get off on tangents. But I fought against helmetless as much as I wear helmets. 
And I, I respect everybody's right to wear helmets. And God knows when I owned San Diego Harley-Davidson, I made tons of money selling helmets. So I don't want to be looked like, a, like some sort of a hypocrite. But the government should not mandate. They, by the way, there's only 19 states in this country that have laws that say that adult riders need to wear helmets. Now, I'll talk about children's helmet laws for bicycles in a whole different podcast. But there's only 19 states. And do you think there's a vast difference in the safety factor on the other 31 states? There's not. Texas, Florida, states that people ride like crazy. Ohio, for crying out loud. There's no helmet law. Because when it comes up and people realize it, as much as people in the legislature who don't ride, especially people that don't ride, that don't know, oh, my God, how can they not wear a helmet? We should have a law. And then people realize, wait a minute, let's try to convince them. Let's use whatever we can, but don't make it a law. And 31 states have agreed with that. And, and so in America, that's not how we, how we act. Even if, even if you think it's going to save lives. But here's this mandate, wearing a mask. Now, if anything has been pretty much exposed, if not proven, it's been pretty much exposed that the probability of a mask doing you any good in preventing the spread of COVID is eh, zero to 1%, maybe 10, okay, 10%. And if it's one of those, whatever, M95 surgical masks, it may have more of a benefit. I'm not sure I've heard that. I don't see too many of those masks around. These cloth masks, that, or the ones they give out in the stores, the little blue mask, there's not much protection there. Air gets through, going in, going out, just, it's just not that. So we know that. And yet these governments just continue to force businesses and say, your customer can't come into the bar, to the restaurant. They can't go here and there unless they have a mask. Oh, wait a minute. It's a government gathering for a rally or this or that. Oh, then it doesn't matter. You know, the hypocrisy doesn't end. But neither does the mandates. And here comes the president of the United States mandating masks, which is silly. Now, maybe, again, a vaccine isn't silly. Vaccine is probably 90-something percent going to benefit, whether it prevents COVID or just makes sure you get a milder case of COVID. It's not as devastating. The deaths has gone down. And I'd like to see the statistics. Trump was president every day. How many people died? Trump killed all these people. Well, there's been a lot more people who died since Biden has been president. I think something like over 450,000 versus 350,000 during that whole time that Trump was president. I'm not going to sit here and say it's Biden's fault. I think he's been very stupid in his pursuit of ending COVID. I think the first thing he should have done was make sure that we found out how it started. Make sure that we understood the origins of it. I think he could have done a much better job of convincing people to take the vaccine, which would have helped for sure. But he could have done a much better job, not by making them wear a mask, but here we see the exposure of this creeping mentality that government has this ability to mandate, to demand certain conduct like this, that's communism. 
That's the exposure of communism. It was also exposed in school curriculum. During the COVID mandate, schools were closed down. Kids were learning at home. They were doing things remote on Zoom or whatever. And so the parents got to see what was going on. And they didn't know that these schools were teaching things like CRT in all its forms, by the way. CRT. Yeah, it doesn't have to be CRT. It's a different thing all within the whole framework of what CRT is teaching. White privilege? That's what they're teaching. That, that we are oppressors. If you're white, you're an oppressor. And they're teaching that to three-year-olds and 10-year-olds and 12-year-olds and 15. That's what they're teaching in school. That we have this white privilege that we're oppressors. And of course, if you're a person of color, you're oppressed. What are they saying? You're not capable. You're not smart. Your people can't stand up like every other group of people that came here from other countries. The Cubans, the, the Irish during the, the potato famine in the 1800s. You don't have the ability to stand up. And as a white person, I have some privilege that got me where I am. Don't get me started. But that's all come out. They use those things to hide an agenda of hate and capitulation. Their agenda of capitulation, getting the big companies to capitulate, to donate millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to their sick, hateful, racist causes that really just make them a lot of money. But we've exposed it. COVID has exposed it. The silver lining in this cloud. So we see that there's order in our world, right? Man's order and God's order. Mother nature, God's order, mother nature. Man's order is visible with signs and name tags, uniforms, stripes, bars, stars, demanding a certain contact and conformity, right? Nature's order. It's more subtle at times. Ah, you get the warnings, you get the signals. Things are coming, things are changing. There's seven years of feast, seven years of famine. This is nature. Nature letting you know it's that time of the year. You might see some hurricanes if you live there. Nature's order is subtle sometimes. And sometimes it's loud, violent, but it's never demanding. Nature's laws are never demanding. If you live in Kentucky and Alabama and Arkansas, hey, you have to build a basement. You have to have a place that's structured in such a way. This is our job, to interpret the signs and change our behavior to deal with the consequences. Floods, fires, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, famine, being devoured by wildlife. It's up to us to individually and to gather together. We can voluntarily oblige any order or not. It's up to us. We can listen to the rules and live by them, move up the ladder, corporate ladder, the military ladder, or follow cultural changing rules. Or not. Or not. It's up to us. The difference is you don't mess with Mother Nature. The signs are there. Snows are coming. And then, today's weatherman isn't the first human being to predict what was happening. There's, there's been signs. And people have, have always understood it, not as well as we do now, but we get that. We can take shelter. We can take precautions. We've always tried to influence nature. That's right. Whether it's prayers to sacrifice, 
to rain dances. Now it's no different. Now it's no different. Okay? That's what man has done. You go back and you look at them throwing people off the pyramids and sacrificing animals and lives and doing rain dances. And then what are we doing now? Now we're calling it climate change. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're sophisticated now. We've come a long ways. It's all about the science. Yeah, climate change and things like the Green New Deal. Where it seems silly to try to change the nature to some of us, it's perfectly logical to millions of others. And what has this got to do with Christmas or the war on religion? Well, everything. You think it's a coincidence? Because there is no coincidence. It's that so many who would take down crosses, mangers in the public square are amongst the majority of those who've removed statues of leaders, okay? People like Christopher Columbus? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, come on. Or, you know, leaders of the Civil War. I mean, these individual towns and cities. I'm, I'm not going to go on and on about the Civil War. It was an American war. But, you know, on top of that, even if you think you should take down the statue of Robert E. Lee, which I don't think, because you want that for posterity. You want people to see and try to understand why someone who's a West Point graduate and a great leader would take up the other side to discuss it, to argue about it, and to understand it and try to realize what was that war fought about? What was it about that states' rights that made it so important that we had this civil war? And what role did slavery play? Those are things that make people think. But then they also take down, the same people, take down statues of Teddy Roosevelt, Thomas Jefferson, Lincoln, Washington. I'm not telling you the same people, but the same people, the same groups, okay, that erected statues and did this giant, this artwork, these big murals to George Floyd. Yeah. Yeah, you think that's a coincidence? And no, thank you. That's not who I choose to follow. So we got to make a stand. It's up to us to bring back Christmas. What better place to make a stand than Christmas? This year, next year, the year after, and the year after that, and forever. Let's make sure that we fortify the Christmas season and the day that Jesus was born. Yeah, Jesus, Mary, Joseph, they're all Jewish. That's what they were. That's a fact, okay? And so I don't care if you're not Christian. I don't care who you are. This is a Christian nation. Yeah, it still is. Yeah, you, you know what? All these people coming into this country from other places, they're mostly Christian because Christianity is under attack worldwide. And so people are coming here from all over the world. And all these Latino people, they're such great believers. They're family people. They're wonderful people. And so let's make sure that the country that they believe in so much that they're willing to risk everything they have, and they are. And they shouldn't be coming here illegally, and I'll stand against that to my dying breath, because it's wrong. But... When they do come here, legally, I want them to be here with a green card, a work permit, something. And then if they're here and they work towards citizenship, I want them to be 
in the country that they believed in, in the country that my grandparents believed in when they came here, in a country that's free to celebrate Christmas, that's free to celebrate whatever it is you believe in. That's what America is about. And this is the time to put our foot down, to get our backs up and stand for Christmas, to fight for what we believe in, and not casually, by the way, not casually, like, okay, Mike, okay, 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 Merry Christmas, I got it, okay. Not casually, as if it's always going to be there, but with the urgency that those who oppose the order that we've relied on for the success that we've had as a nation demands. That's right. The urgency. Because the people who are fighting us, from Antifa to BLM to the communists, the Marxists, these people do not believe in God. They don't. They've got to take God away so that you believe in the government. That's what we're fighting against. And that's why we need to stand up. We need to stand up and say, no, it's about Christmas and make sure that our friends that want to keep Christ in Christmas, and I encourage them to, keep Christ in Christmas. The left is destroying the order that is the essence of America, and we have to fight on all fronts, political, social, military, religious. If we lose one, we'll lose them all. If you believe in God, celebrate that belief. It's important. You believe it? Do you believe it? Do you really believe it? Because I really believe it. I want you to believe it and to be proud of it and say it loud and say it clear. Yes, it's not something to shy away from. It's time to stand up to the left, stand up to communism on every front. Yep, we're doing it politically. We are. We're fighting. You can see what's going on. Yes, the same silver lining exposed everything, exposed the communists, the Marxists, exposed Biden didn't just mess up Afghanistan all by himself. Biden didn't just create the crisis on the border all by himself. It's all these communists, the squad, these people that will give the money to Iran, give money to Iran. This is a lot more than that. And then militarily. We're not talking about militarily going in there with tanks and guns. And a, no, we're talking about making sure our military is serving its purpose. It's not trying to find white devils, white supremacy. What, are you kidding me? If somebody's proud of their ancestry, they're white, so that's, that's a good thing. They're black, that's a good thing. They're whatever, that's a great thing. Not a problem. Celebrate it. Why? Someone's got to be proud of being you know, white and it makes them a racist. It doesn't make them a racist. It doesn't make them a racist any more than it makes someone who's black celebrating being black a racist. Does not make them a racist? What makes them a racist is when they say that I'm doing something because I'm white that makes me wrong, that, that I have a privilege because I'm white, that I'm here suppressing people of color, black people or anybody else, because they're 
a different color or a different sexual orientation. That's wrong. That's racist. That's all the things that we should be fighting against. But if you believe in God, understand how important it is for those people and the people behind those people to take away that belief. And like I said, on every front, political and we're winning. Social, I think we're winning. I really do think so. Military, I'm not sure, but I have a feeling that people are starting to realize, and you're seeing it more and more, not just on Fox. You're seeing it more and more all over. Hey, wait a minute. Let's pay attention to China. We really messed this up in Afghanistan. Let's refocus the military on what the military has to get done. Get Miley out of there. Get this guy Lloyd Austin another job. This is wrong, but it ain't going to happen. Not until the election of 22. So we're fighting on those fronts, and we should be. But on the religious front, that's about us. That's about us. Each of us, individually, fighting for, I mean, it's Christmas. What a wonderful time. Yes, the promise. Yes, the belief. The three wise men. Think about it. I, I know to some of us who aren't Christian, it's some kind of mythical but it's a mythical reality to us. There's a reality here. There's a genius to the way these things are celebrated. Wise men know. Wise men bringing gifts. Wise men think about it and fight for it. If, if I say something that's offensive, I apologize. Let's talk about it. I want you to fight for it. I want you to stand up for it. I want you to correct me because I'm not Christian. <laughs> what am I doing fighting for Christmas? Because I love Christmas. Because it's such a wonderful holiday. Because it's such an American holiday. It's a great American holiday that celebrates so much more than just one religion. It celebrates America's belief that everyone is free to celebrate their religion. And we have to emphasize that. And we have to put it out there. It has to be in the face of every American. Atheist, agnostic, whatever, Jewish, Islamist. I don't care. They all need to know how proud Christians are of the things that they believe in, the symbols of godliness that they celebrate. That's important. So I wish you all a Merry Christmas. If you believe in God, again, celebrate that belief. Hey, I got one more this week before Christmas Day. I'm New York Mike. This is Roll Right Radio, and I am out. Thanks for listening to the Roll Right Radio podcast. Listen, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.